It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, let's talk about uh, an actual uh, good thing that happened in the NFL. How about this Eagles-Cowboys game? Oh, my God, what a great game. Back and forth it was. Um, and, man, I was so impressed by the performance of Gardner Minshew. Maybe I shouldn't be. Um, he was one of my top sleepers uh, in fantasy last week. And I'll tell you this. He has been so impressive. I, I He needs to get a starting gig somewhere. I mean – this is a guy that over his last nine games, Matt, and, and actually I'm not even counting this um, uh, this Cowboys game, but coming into week 16 had averaged more than 300 receiving, or excuse me, 300 passing yards over his previous nine games uh, and has had scored two or more touchdowns in nine of his last 11 games, right? So like this is somebody who can absolutely play. And boy, I tell you what, with that supporting cast surrounding him in Philadelphia, I thought he played uh Basically, I thought he played his tail off, man. Yeah, I think he played well. I think the box score is a little bit better than um, than than his actual play. I think the accuracy was a little shaky at times. He definitely left some throws on the field, but we're nitpicking, right? I mean, this is right. I definitely think he is in that fringe starter, high quality backup um, ter- like tier in the NFL. Like, I would rather have a guy like him than I'd rather have you know like Jameis Winston, Sam Darnold, those guys we were talking about earlier. Um, I think you could get away with Minshew as a starter, at least a bridge guy. And he'll be, you know, he'll be a free agent at the end of this year. So um, he definitely will have an opportunity, I think, to go somewhere else. And I think he showed enough in this game to to get into like a training camp competition or something or something like that. You know, I mean, if the Jets don't end up with Jimmy G, I think Minshew would be interesting. Like, I think he'll be he'll be pretty much everybody's fallback back plan. Right. Um, there will be some interesting quarterbacks on the market this year, you know, with, with Jimmy G, Minshew, and, and he, obviously Tom Brady will be a free agent too. Um, maybe we'll talk about Tom Brady in a little bit when we talk about Mike Evans. But um, yeah, I, I think in this game, oh, man, it was just it was like a treat it, being like a wide receiver guy. I was just there were so many great <laughs> wide receiver right. moments. I, I don't know, right. I don't know where to start. I mean, obviously because you know AJ Brown was was doing his thing, of course, and and the Cowboys were even kind of using Trayvon Diggs to to track A.J. Brown around the field uh, early on in the game, which is not something that they normally do. Uh, but then as soon as I saw them doing that, I was like, oh, boy. Six Devontae is about Smith to go off. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. He, he's <clears throat> and he sure he's about to go nuts. And he did, yeah. And, you know, I come away from this game just – I know I've said this on the pod a couple of times recently, but he is he's a 1B receiver. He might be the Eagles number 2 receiver, but he is not a he is not a number 2 receiver, okay? Like he just happens to play across a guy who is, you know, a fringe top 5, top 7 at bare minimum player at the position in AJ Brown, but yeah, I mean Devontae Smith it just it's a shame about the low BMI, man. He really could have been a great player. Uh, it's a it's a real shame <laughs> about that. <laughs> Oh my goodness. It's, it was the, but you know, the thing is it was a combination of the BMI and he didn't test the speed. God, like, well, he's, like been very- he's old, bro. He's in, he's in, he's old. He's been, in, he was in college for so long. I mean, those guys that stay in college for so long are never good. 
there was so there were so many like narratives that he broke. Like he broke people's brains. Um, wow, what what an interesting player uh, Devonte Smith is because he's not overly fast. He's obviously light in the britches, uh, and as you mentioned, he's an older prospect too. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was. Oh my gosh, absolutely br- breaking people's brains. Just stuffing it to down the spreadsheets, you know, every single every single time here. I mean, he's he's just a great player, and he's he's similar with Chris Olave, who had a lot of like the late the non early declare type stuff in his in his profile. Right. Um, you know, a small not the same. <laughs> he didn't weigh like you know a middle schooler or whatever, but he's not the same <laughs> uh, same size speed as as a guy like Smith. But um, you know, it's similar guys that just hey, if you just watch them play, man, you you know they're great, and especially for Devonte too, man, he is. As a rookie, it was like this guy's out there winning as an X receiver, despite his size. Like he's getting open. His reception perception profile was, I mean, pretty much flawless. And uh, God, I wish I wish I drafted him in more places because of that profile. Uh, just obviously had some questions about the offense. Questions that ended up, you know, not aging well uh, because of how good Jalen Hurts been, but really because of how good the ecosystem is in general. Like you can drop Gardner Minshew into this offense, and it, it not that it doesn't skip a beat, right? I think they might win that game if Jalen Hurts is back there. But yeah, it still looks. I think so. It still looks really, really good. And mm-hmm. I mean, what is the hole in Devonte Smith's game right now? Like because we know Nothing. he's a great separator. Yeah, it, yeah. none. I, I don't think so. I mean, he's this game in particular. And obviously, again, has the coverage matchup, right? Where where we want to attack Dallas with those number two receivers, guys not not playing on Trayvon Diggs' side, but still, a level of competition, whatever. Guy was making like unbelievable acrobatic catches. That's it's very um, you know, another guy I think who's bit who's not a number two receiver is more of a one B, like very Tyler Lockett esque in the way he can track deep balls and win in those tight spaces and really make highlight real catches. Um, he wins, he makes big plays. He separates at all levels. Like he, I just think he is a, a player that doesn't have a hole in his game right now. Uh, let me ask you this <clears throat> player comp. Always a fun game, but <clears throat> is he Marvin Harrison? Is he like a Marvin Harrison 2.0? Well, yeah. Well, number one, let me just be clear about, uh, Marvin Harrison wasn't doing reception perception back. Uh, in Marvin <laughs> Harrison's prime, right. I believe I was, I believe right. I was in high school. M- Correct. Maybe. Yes. I think you were in middle school, right? Yeah. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> I know I drafted I know I drafted Marvin Harrison on my first fantasy there you team. Go. Uh there you go. but there you go. I think it was a down year that I drafted him if I if I remember correctly. Not a good not a good first or second round pick by me. Uh but regardless, that's not the point. P- point here is that yeah, I know I think it's actually very similar, a very similar player, you know, a lighter guy, whatever, but you know, I think he's on that same axis of player as like uh, you know, Calvin Ridley, Stefan Diggs, like the the outside the numbers, big time separators. Um, very similar player in that regard, but yeah, obviously Harrison's the comparison because he's a smaller guy and you know, it's just a, he's, it's a good lesson that you can't call somebody an outlier when they've already like, Oh man, if he is a successful NFL player, he's going to have to be an outlier. Well, he's already an outlier of a player at the collegiate level because he's playing at that weight, winning at that weight and winning the Heisman as a, at that right. weight. Like we just don't talk about that enough that like wide receivers just don't, they don't win the Heisman. Okay. Cause there's yeah. like usually a quarterback or running back or something like that. And then this guy just goes out and does what he does. He's so impressive. So he was already an outlier. He's continued to be an outlier at the NFL level. And man, I just think he is such a fun player. And I love when you get two wide receiver, like a two man wide receiver duo like this, that the guys really just complement each other in AJ Brown and, and Devonte Smith. And Man, it's just been fun. I've been been a fun been fun uh, group to track, and this game in particular just obviously Devontae Smith just went off, and you know with with a backup quarterback, you just you really love to see it. 
Yeah, Devontae Smith, uh, 12 targets, 8 catches, 113, and 2 touchdowns, and was just absolutely dominant. You know, another player that absolutely went bonkers was a C.D. Lamb. 11 targets, 10 receptions, 120, and 2 touchdowns. And I thought the most notable thing about what C.D. Lamb did was that they pretty much um, I mean, they stuck him inside about 50 per, or excuse me, 60 percent of the time. He only lined up out wide 38 uh, percent of the snaps. And, and I tell you, almost all of his production came while lined up inside nine of his 11 targets came while he was lined up as an inside slot man. Uh, nine of his 10 receptions, 113 yards while lined up inside and one of his touchdowns lined up inside as well. But no, this guy just absolutely dominated from the slot. Man, I I know we talk about CeeDee Lamb a lot on the show. I think we he do. might be one of my most favorite wide receivers in the NFL right now, um, you know, because he is just in this game in particular, uh, before talking about CeeDee Lamb, I do want to give credit to Kellen Moore because, um, you know, I think Kellen Moore is kind of, I don't know if I would say that some of the shine has come off of him, um, but, you know, obviously like, you know, he's, he's been in Dallas forever. He was literally Dak's backup quarterback. At one point, I know. And then they're just crazy. Like, you know, let's just, let's go crazy. ahead and take him and put him in a coaching staff instead. Cause we don't want him. We don't want him playing <laughs> ever again. Okay. But, but we would love to Dallas loves to do this, by the yeah. way, they love to groom their own guys. That's how Jason Garrett, the great Jason Garrett became, you know, a head coach for them forever was because he was, he basically did the same thing as Kellen Moore. So, you know, this, this Dallas loves to do this stuff with their guys. Um, but you know, I, I, I think Moore has had up and down moments as an offensive coordinator. I like a lot of the concepts that he puts uh, together for this team, but if there's one thing, and I don't know if this is a Kellen Moore thing or if it's a, if it's a Dak Prescott thing. Um, but one thing I think the Cowboys aren't great at, and I, I think I put a lot of this on, on Kellen Moore too, is that, you know, sometimes it feels like he gets stuck on his sequence. He gets stuck on his, on the, like, all right, I go this play, this play, this play. And, you know, instead of just like, Hey, we're hammering them with this thing right here. Like we're like, this run is shredding this team. Like, let's just keep ripping it with Pollard on these outside stretch runs. Let's just keep yeah. ripping it with Tony Pollard in the screen game. Like, you know, and I, I use the Tony Pollard example a lot, but that's not all, all the, all the things I mean, you know, route combination, stuff like that. Hey, we're really ripping them um, with this dagger concept, something like that. You know, the corner routes from the slot, let's just keep hammering that. It's like, they stay on their sequence too much to a fault. And, instead of just tapping those easy buttons, but man, I got, I got to give Kellen Moore a lot of credit in this game in particular, you know, um, CD lamb is already having a good game. And then Avante Maddox, the Eagles slot corner gets hurt and a backup comes in there and they just, you know, people, I've been saying people have been where where's Waldo, uh, on, uh, on Kelvin Joseph on the Cowboys secondary. They wear Waldo, like the slot coverage there for CD lamb, 38.1% targets per route run against zone coverage in this game for CD lamb. And he just went, it, when it, when lined up in the slot, he just went berserk. And uh, it just really shows like the level of wide receiver. He has graduated to, I think is, is among right after those, those elite wide receivers. I think he's right there in that group because, you know, defense is starting to account for this too. Uh, Jory Epstein wrote a great uh, piece for Yahoo recently. I would, uh, I retweeted it this morning. I'd encourage people uh, to go check it out, like the amount of growth and the amount of work that CD has put into his route running and his uh, understanding of leverage of zone coverage. And it was just, it was a I mean, great timing by Jory to write that piece. And then for him to have that game against the Eagles zone coverage secondary, it was like perfect timing because he really has become um, that type of player. And they're putting like, he got 26.5% of his uh, yards after the catch in this game. 
that's another thing that his understanding of leverage and then the way they're scheming him into these slot looks, it's allowing him to actually look a lot like CD lamb from Oklahoma when he was such a yak merchant there. Ah, that's a very good point. And, and, uh, something I hadn't really thought of. Um, Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, there's such a, it's such an interesting conversation that surrounds CD, right? Like people want him to be this dominant X receiver. Um, and maybe that conversation is a little dated. Maybe we should want him to be a dominant number one. And maybe for him to be a dominant number one, he's got to do what he's doing this year, which is basically splitting up uh, the slot and outside looks. I, I'm not, I'm not sure where I, I fall on that, you know, because Again, the history of football is long and the history of football is, you know, it, it's pretty telling. Um, but I, and, and again, you know me, Matt, I'll, I'll I'll be the first one to admit, like I look for that big old, you know, bodied, speedy X receiver on the outside. And if you want to run your passing game through that, that that feels comfortable to me. But as we have seen recently uh, with Cooper Cup, you can absolutely destroy defenses uh, with a great wide receiver lined up inside as well. Yes, you absolutely can. And I think CD is that guy. And to his credit, and this is something I talked to CD lamb recently about was it's so much harder to be a guy like CD lamb that has to play all three positions and that has specialized at all three positions at his point, at this point in his career. And I was glad that when I asked him about that, like, Hey, talk to me a little bit about playing all these positions. Like, I think it goes undersold, like how difficult that is. He's like, yeah, it is really difficult. Like I was glad he didn't mince words when I asked him about it. It's like, it's not, it's not like, okay, I'm going to come in here and I'm going to be like a 90% slot player. I'm only going to play a slot or I'm only going to play X. It's like having to play in those different positions situationally is really hard. And I actually think that's kind of, it's been nice that they've really made him more of like that 60% slot guy this year, because it allows him to just focus on one thing. And I think that's where you see that understanding of leverage the zone coverage breaks like where he can you know because there's just these details that he's got on the top of his routes at this point make him just always open I can't wait to see what his zone coverage success rate looks like at the end of the year in reception perception because I think it's gonna be pretty high because he's really just he's always in the right spot for Dak he's always in those great great positions and now we're seeing if the Cowboys can get production from their outside receivers you know T.Y. Hilton I know it's just one catch but that was that was impressive for T.Y. to go and rip like a 50-yarder on third and 30. And, you know, Michael Gallup catches a touchdown as well. Like, if they can get some production from those outside receivers. Um, Joy highlighted this in her piece. Uh, you never you never see this happen. But, like, against the Jaguars, uh, there was a play towards the end of the game where literally, like, because of CD's route, he ended up with, like, three guys near him. Uh, not like not like all three guys are, are covering him or whatever, but he ends up with three players near him. And the, the Jacksonville Jaguars are totally okay to just let, like, you know, the outside receivers just run go routes in, in, in single coverage on, on the outside. But if they can get production out of guys like T.Y. on the outside, which is crazy because, you know, he's a billion years old, or, uh, you know, Michael Gallup there as well, now you're starting to really cook with something there. and you can Then you can have a really special passing game that primarily functions through the slot receiver. 
Hey, listen, uh, Gallup obviously coming off that ACL. I think he's starting to look a lot better. And let's be real here. That play, third and 30 by T.Y. Hilton, Eugene Hilton coming in off the couch. Like this dude was on his couch a month ago doing nothing. This dude on third and 30, biggest moment of the game. They don't convert right there. That game is over, dude. Like the yeah. fact that they convert on third and 30 keeps that drive alive, keeps the game alive. And everything that cascaded after that came because they converted on third and 30 with a long time downfield vet in T.Y. Hilton, man. Special throw, special catch. And boy, I tell you what, that was a special moment in that game. I, I was I was so gassed um, as that game was going on. Uh, and man, if you guys watch that, my direct TV show, man, like I, I couldn't get off of that moment. I couldn't get off of that moment. My co-hosts are looking at me like, man, this guy is really on one. But I mean, you just think about all the, the, all the moving parts that go into that one play. Uh, And boy, I tell you, it it was pretty special. It was special. And I, I, maybe you don't have the same reaction uh, because of it. Like I would, but for me too, it's like, sometimes you see something like that play out and it, it's like, wow, this is what, this offense has been missing because, you know, I, Michael Gallup is a guy, again, we don't th- expect he's a hundred percent healthy right now. Like he might not be a hundred percent healthy until beginning of next year, like from a football perspective, or maybe like it, we're not even t- cl- close to 12 months, uh, you know, f- since his, since his ACL tear, it happened in January right. at the end of the regular season last year. Right. So we're not, we're not even 12 months out of it yet, but um, he's still is, he's a vertical receiver, but he's more of like a vertical downfield receiver. Um, he's not a, a necessarily a speed guy. I do think Michael Gallup's an underrated route runner, an underrated separator, but he's not a vertical speed guy. Like I would have definitely told you <laughs> that T Y Hilton, like based on his RP profile last year, I think he might've been playing through injuries, stuff like that. But I was like, ah, he, he might've lost that speed, but Hey, you know what? Some time away from the game can really help sometimes get the legs back. And, you know, he looked like he still had a little bit of that speed. And and that's like what this, to, for me, when I saw the 50 plus yard catch, it's like, that's, it'd be like if that's what we want the, from the Chargers, right? We always talk about the Chargers, like lacking speed. <laughs> I think Dallas right. has a little bit of that same thing, even if guys yeah. like CD have juice. Michael Gallup have juice, probably more so than the, the Chargers counterpoints for sure. Uh, but like some speed as that third receiver spot, that'd be great. And if TY can give them that, even if it's just for, I mean, what he, he, what he played like 11 snaps in, in this game. Yeah. He played 11 offensive snaps. Um, you know, he only had the one target, uh, but it was, it was a pretty important one. Um, yeah. He, he runs five routes in the game. Okay. If you can give him five <laughs> to 10 routes of speed he in the game, that's pretty routes. important. <laughs> Dude ran five routes, you know, to, to that point too, like going back to the whole charges example, it's like, like that injury to Jalen Guyton. We, we, I know yeah. time didn't think that it was going to be that big of a deal, but you know what? It was Jalen Guyton may not be on the field, you know, 90% of the time, but I tell you what, man, they absolutely, those five times that he goes downfield, like they need that. You know what I'm saying? Um, and if T Y Hilton can give it to him for the Cowboys, man, like I tell you what, I think you're absolutely onto something. They, they, they need that speed and it's not just speed too. As we saw with Hilton, like he gives them reliable speed down the yeah. field, like a guy that can make, grabs in difficult spots in big spots down the field that's what they need and i think that's what they got uh with ty that's what they wanted to get with odell i think uh but then i think the medicals came back and i think they realized like well okay i guess we're not going to be getting that uh with odell so let's go inside ty hilton man so no interesting stuff 
Hey, last thing I'll say about CD too, uh, the fact that he is able to kind of like overachieve and like play all three different receiver spots. Like I, I almost wonder, like, do you think like they, the Cowboys themselves did not appreciate how difficult that is. And then tried to apply that yep. to a rookie in Jalen Tolbert and kind of messed him up going into 2022. Because remember that's, all the reports were Jalen Tolbert's trying to work inside, outside. Uh, they didn't really have a clear plan for where they were going to mix in Jalen Tolbert. I, I wonder if that just screwed him up. Yeah, because there were times this offseason. Uh, I was like, God, I forgot Jalen Tolbert exists. But uh, there were times this offseason where it's like, oh, Tolbert is making plays in training camp. But it feels like the longer the offseason went, the the more he fell behind. And yeah, maybe right. you're right. Maybe maybe that's a maybe that's a part of it because it's it is really hard. People don't understand like how it's basically, I always say this all the time. It's like basically playing two different positions. Like what a guy's doing at X receiver is so different than what a guy's doing at slot receiver. Like it's a whole different, it's a whole different set of routes, the whole different understanding of timing. And then for a guy like CD to, to do, that's why I think the he was a guy who, you know, fantasy managers and, and especially people in the dynasty community are like, Oh, he's, he's not producing what we expected. He's not, he's not a real number one receiver. It's like, God, he's like three receiver. He's like three receivers and one the number one receiver. He's like, basically playing three positions and that is so hard and of course like i always thought it was annoying that it's like cd is a guy you drafted in what 17th overall and he was like a, an incredible prospect that fell to you like i stop making his position uh like changing his role based on whether amari cooper or michael gallup are hurt like just give him a position and let him master it i think yeah, they've finally right. done it this year and, and we he's a guy who's fifth in the nfl in targets top 10 in yards and he's putting it to his dominant performance to play which is great to see